Hey everyone, Evan McKenna again here today from Permission to Game, brought to you by Our Community Now. Now we're here to ask the simple question. Is there really a thing as too much gaming, you know, as parents, as adults, or even as kids? Is, the, is there too much gaming? Is that a thing out there? I don't know. Let's figure that out today. Let's have a conversation and see what you think. But before we do that, please make sure to subscribe to our channel, ring the bell to get notified about all of our latest videos. You have the option to be notified on for occasional videos or even just all of them. It's up to you on that aspect. If you're even on your phone, make sure you go into your settings. I think it's you know in the settings menu on your iPhone. I don't know where it is on the Androids. Make sure you switch on all of those notifications. That way you're informed as soon as those videos are published and come out to you. Now with that being said, before we get to our awesome topic for today, we do have a really cool sponsor. Now coming up in Denver here is gonna be a fun thing for families, for kids. You're gonna to wanna to be there. So Permission the Game is proud to be sponsored today by Family Fest. Now Colorado's largest family festival being held here in Denver, Colorado. The festival is located at the National Western Stock Show Complex and takes place on February 22nd. Now here's the cool thing. You can save 50% simply by watching this video. All you gotta do is buy your tickets online, pre-purchase them with the promo code OCNHALF, that's O-C-N-H-A-L-F, at checkout. Simple as that, you're gonna save 50%. Now, if you look at the price online, I believe adult tickets right now are 10 bucks. They're $15 at the gate, but they're 10 bucks online. So $5 literally to get yourself into this event and have fun with your kids, it's gonna be awesome. So head on over to eventbrite.com now and search for Family Fest to get your tickets today. Act now, act now because the day of events do go up and they will cost $15. And as always, kids activities are free with any adult tickets. So that's right, you could take your kids and yourself for five bucks. It's a great deal. So see you there at the Family Fest here in Denver on February 22nd. Also, again, I, I love this dude. So if you look, I got a cool new shirt on today. This is also from High Altitude Apparel. Check him out, highaltitudeapparel.com. This design and many more like I've been talking about, you're gonna love them. Woo! Let me tell you, hold on a second. Oh, this has been a, it's been a day. So, really let's ask the question, is there such thing as too much gaming? Because I would beg to differ, no. I mean, who doesn't want a game all day, you know, and eventually get paid for it? I mean, kids these days are getting paid to video game. I mean, I'm in my 30s and I never even thought of that. We were always told growing up that we need to get out, play, that video game's gonna rot your brain, there's nothing gonna happen, you're gonna get carpal tunnel syndrome. But people have made a living off gaming. Well, for the rest of us who don't, when is gaming too much? When is gaming too much as an adult? When is gaming too much as a kid? When do we figure out that balance? Because it's very easy, as you will see, to fall into kind of like a landslide where all you're doing is spending time on the interwebs playing video games. Now this gaming can be anything. It could be consoles, it could be computers, it could be your phone, wherever. I mean, honestly, it doesn't even have to be online. You could be literally just addicted to board games or D&D &D or other things that interact with other people, but you're obsessed to the point where you have to and only think about video games or games in general. So here's some fun information. I got some notes here, uh, doing a little bit of research. In 2019, the Entertainment Software Association, so the ESA, uh, essentially did kind of a, a report and found out that 164 million adults 
still play video games today. And now a lot of these are actually millennials and those that grew up with all of the emerging games through the 80s and the 90s and are now continuing that into their lives today as adults. And the cool part is a lot of these, you know, people that are in their 30s, 33 on average, are starting to have kids as well and introducing their children to the gaming lifestyle, the life that we used to have as kids and we loved. I mean, look, I'm surrounded by the GameCube. I've got the N64, which if I had an effective, now that I know they do sell them, HDMI port, I would play that all the time because it had literally the best games out there. We got a PS2 who arguably, apart from the video we already created, is the is the GOAT. It's the greatest of all time. They had It pioneered so much when it came to video games. Um, now we got our Xbox, we got the Switch, which I play <laughs> way too much, but that's the benefit of having the Switch. It's super portable, but it brings the environment to you that you want to play. So with that being said, you know, a lot of times these consoles are still coming into the home. They're still being introduced to our children. You know, many new parents today that grew up with consoles that are now have them in the homes themselves, and it's part of their adult life. It's how we interact. It's, it's, it's like homework, eating dinner, and playing video games. We all, we all do it now. The real part comes down to how do we balance and communicate what's fair when it comes to all of these, you know, different priorities, and what's fair amongst everybody, you know, What's equal for kids? What's equal for dads? What's equal for moms? You know, at what point do we find that lucky someone who is okay with our gaming habits um, and allows it to be part of that household? Um, here's a few interesting parts, though. They've actually gotten to the point where gaming itself and the obsession of gaming is classified as its own disorder, in a sense, a gaming disorder or a pathological gaming behavior, which is... is is a good way to define necessarily an addiction to video games or gaming in general, to the point where it impacts one or more areas of your life significantly to where if you need to give it up to make sure that part of your life is still uh, operating properly, it makes it really, really hard. And it actually impacts a lot more people today than we actually want to admit, because we come down to the idea of, you know, we, maybe we just need moderation. You know, anything's okay as long as it's within moderation. But at what point do we allow that moderation to turn into something we can't live without? I mean, look at cell phones, for an example. When we were growing up, I mean, in the 90s, you didn't have a cell phone unless you had money, you know, because cell phones were expensive. And all they did was call people. Then they added text messaging. And then all of a sudden, that was fun. And now we had Snake on our phone. You could play games back with a Nokia. I mean, that, that was fun. I do remember that. And now we're at the point now where it's like, I don't have my phone with me. I literally feel naked. I can't go to work without my phone. I can't contact my friends. I can't, I can't live without my phone. You could almost classify phones the way we use them today in society as, as an addiction. It's a part of us that if you try to remove, it would dramatically impact a lot of our lives. So how do we also think about that with gaming? You know, we don't want to. We don't want to, to look at gaming as a, an addiction or a problem because gaming's fun. I mean, I still like it. I'm in my 30s. We want our kids to like it. We want the people around us to like it. It's almost more accepted today than it ever was before because now you can actually make money doing it. But at what point do we need to consider that some people actually might need help when it's no longer just a job or something fun to do, but it's a full-on addiction? Now, again, some notes I have here. The World Health Organization um, back in, what was it, late 2018, early 2019, included gaming disorder as one of their growing lists of disorders that is announced essentially every year of what, what's going on, what are things that are impacting our human lives and, and as we develop as a technological age. 
Now, like I said earlier, this addiction or this disorder disorder can occur with both online games and you know games at the coffee table. It's it can it's really anything that's impactful in the gaming world. Uh, with that being said, uh, there are other symptoms that kind of mark the fact that you may be experiencing some sort of uh, addiction to gaming, um, but it comes down to symptoms such as uh, you know you're not able to connect in a personal or professional aspect, or it's impacting you in ways that take away from what life should be about. Um, along with that, it also has been tied closely with anxiety and depression, both in a good sense and a bad sense. You know, we have people suffer from a lot of different things these days, and in no way am I discrediting that, by the way. You know, there are truly things that people deal with that people need help, and it's not easy. And a lot of times, games are a great outlet for that. It's a way to decompress, to, in a sense, satisfy and help get away from the stresses from life. You know, but similar to how people have abused alcohol and other recreational drugs for that same aspect, gaming can get to that point too, where, you know, you feel like you don't actually help find a solution for the problem, but rather band-aid it with another thing that creates more of a problem, where it almost compounds on itself to the point where as it helps to alleviate anxiety and depression, it also brings in times where it actually impacts it and makes it worse without you actually thinking about it. So but here's the, here's the interesting thing. At what point do we just say, how do we want our kids to interact with this? You know, because there's a lot of different studies out there and a lot of different people say a lot of different things. And this is just my personal opinion. I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit of what I've done in my personal household. But at what point as parents do we say, I'm looking out for my kids. I want them to have fun, but I also want them to enjoy life and figure out what it is outside of the, you know, the screen time. We recently did a video about how Fortnite is terrible for your children and why you should be really mindful of why or how, how much you let them play it. But that also applies to just video games or gaming in general. You know, there are different studies that have come out um, by different associations that have spoken to like how much our kids should be exposed to screen time. Um, one of which is, you know, depending on your children's age, they're even saying you should avoid screen time, period, if your kids are under eight months, sorry, 18 months. You know, that means watching TV for long per prolonged periods of time, playing video games, or even if you're playing the video game and your child or your infant or toddler is sitting next to you, you still have to be mindful of that because what they're seeing on television and what they're seeing on the screen is impacting them in ways that we don't necessarily know or realize until they get a little bit older. Now, they do say between the ages of two and five that you should really be mindful and limit your children's you know, on-screen time to quality production and quality broadcasting with no more than an hour to an hour and a half a day. At what point do you say is video games quality? Now, I definitely know with my kids, I have a 16-month-year-old myself and an 11-year-old, and both utilize screen time very differently. And there are times when it's based on the situation, based on the need, it makes sense to let our 16-month-year-old, you know, utilize the phone for apps and little things like Daniel, Daniel Tiger, I love that, by the way, uh, brings us back to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, um, and other little things to help keep him occupied in situations where we can't provide to him the best attention possible. Um, but for the most part, you know, one thing that my wife and I have, have tried very hard to do is basically not have the TV on to where the baby is paying attention to it at all. You know, when we have our family time or we have, you know, our, you know, we're decompressing after a long day at work or, or helping our 11-year-old with the homework, 
we're at the point where, you know, there's certain things that we don't really want our, our little 16-month-year-old really paying attention to because who knows? I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going to impact him. There's things that I'm watching that I'm sure he, wa- you know, notices, and it doesn't seem to do anything, but who knows what is that, what kind of, that's gonna, how that's going to affect him, essentially. And so when you're playing these games, a lot of games I like to play, like I'm a huge co- uh, Battlefield and Call of Duty fan, and I love the Star Wars games, and there's a lot of simulated violence, and, you know, I'm at an age where I can, I feel like I can, de- you know, de- defer, determine against, what am I trying to say? But essentially understand, you know, what I'm doing is, is just pure gaming and just pure fun. You know, where when you're running around and you're poning noobs and, you know, you're teabagging people, at what, at what point does that kind of impact, that, that Im- imagery and visualization overstimulate our kids? You know, and again, I try my best not to play this. this I'll tell you kind of like my day, my experience, you know, and I try to play in the evenings after everybody's gone to bed. You know, after buddy, my wife's like, I'm tired, we're done, we had our, you know, we've had our time together, you can stay down on the couch, play some games. I try to really limit that to maybe one, maybe two hours a night if I'm playing. There's, honestly, I haven't played my video games in probably three weeks, almost a month now, just because I've, I haven't had time, you know. Um, but as we think about it, like now, like I said, I have a 16-month-year-old and an 11-year-old. Two very different standards on what TV screen time, video game time actually means. Now, with my 11-year-old, like we had talked about in another video, he was for a long period of time obsessed with Fortnite. That's all he wanted to play. That's all his friends played to the point where it was really impacting his life. And if you want to watch that video, I'll put that in the description below and I will link it up here as well at the end. But it, the game more importantly affected him to the point where he... All he wanted to do was play Fortnite, and life was miserable if he didn't get to, but life was also miserable after he played it too long. And so with that being said, we really had to look at, like, how much time in general is our 11-year-old going to spend in front of the television, from watching Boy Meets World on Disney Plus to playing, you know, different Fortnite games or Star Wars or Minecraft, playing that different stuff and engaging in those environments, it's we had to put restrictions, we had to put limitations, but it also applies to me as a parent. Like, I can't just do what I want. You know, sorry, son, you know, you didn't earn it, but I am because I'm older than you. So we had to look at a point where we started instituting, you know, one hour a day, one hour a week, one hour on the weekend. You can earn more time by doing stuff. If you want to play for four hours, that's great. Let's think of things you can do around the house to help earn that extra time so that it makes the time he has more valuable. It's more of a treat, a reward rather than, I've got to do this. I need my fix. I need my energy drink. I need my this. I need my that. You know? And I got to the point where now on weekends, if the weather's nice out, he doesn't want to sit inside and play video games. Even though he loves them, he would rather be outside playing with his friends. He'd rather, he wants to go on bike rides. He wants to hang out with his friends from school. Now, a lot of times they like to play video games when they're together, and I consider that definitely a treat for hanging out with each other. But when at one point in time when all he wanted to do was sit on the couch for four, five, six hours during the weekend and just nonstop play video games. And it was impacting his life from a just a cheery, he was no longer this happy, good lucky going boy. He started becoming, you know, quiet, reserved, getting angry real easy, wanted to, you know, just bottled up all of his emotions. He was no longer 
open and vibrant like it used to be. It was more contained. And then when something happened, it just blew up like a pop can that you shook too much. And so we had to take, you know, steps to kind of look into that. And really we found that just in general, understanding what the boundaries are and understanding in our household what it takes to earn more time and what, you know, what you have to do to get the time that you're deserved, you know, it really changed the dynamic in the house to the point where we know in a sense, it's like, it's like training dogs, honestly, you know, you do this, Pavlov's dog, you do this, you get this treat, you do this, or you don't do this, or you do this the wrong way, you don't get this, something bad happens, there's a negative. And the same can be applied to video games. Video games shouldn't be used as a babysitter. Um, again, I'll repeat what I've been said before is, if you don't raise your kids, someone else will. They're, if it's not me, and through the videos they're watching here on YouTube, through the people they meet you know, on their online games, through the characters they create for themselves, the personas that they develop, if you're not there to help guide and mentor and parent the way you feel best, somebody else or something else will. And at the end of the day, is that what you want for your kids? Is that what I want for my kids? No, I, I, I want them to grow, to grow up to be you know, strong young men who are respectful, who treat everybody equally, and understand a balance in life when it comes to whatever they decide to do in the, in the future. And so with that being said, yes, there really is such thing as too much games. I mean, I've seen it myself where I get locked in and it's hours upon hours and I, wait, I realize, oh my gosh, it's three in the morning and I've been playing for five hours. I need to go to bed because I got a big project at work tomorrow. There's always a limitation to anything we do in life. You know, it can be from having fun. Like, I, I like to work on cars. And then it gets to a point where I'm so obsessed or I'm so into what I'm doing on the car that I totally neglect any of my other responsibilities I have at the house. To the, you know, from the kids to chores to things to make my life and my family's life easier, I get sucked into this obsession I have with my car to the point where I have to take a step back and stop. But then it turns into a roller coaster where because I stepped back, I'm no longer getting the things I need to done on the projects that I'm working on because I'm taking a break. And so I get back into it and I get intense. I'm trying to get caught back up and it falls into the same cycle again. You know, and the same can be said for video games. You take a st you gotta be very careful about how you do it. It's, 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 it's like the idea of quitting cold turkey. Some people can do it. Other people, it's extremely hard. And then all of a sudden you think you're out of it and then you relapse and all of a sudden you're in deeper than you were when you were trying to get out of it. Anyways, I do appreciate you listening to me today. I think we had a lot of fun. You know, I mean, there's some good topics here. Uh, again, if you like what we do, make sure you press that bell. Press that bell. Subscribe to our channel. We got all the great content brought to you by ourcommunitynow.com. You can check us out there for more written content, more video content, more things just about what's going on in your neighborhood. You know, if you're looking for events to do, if you're looking for, you know, food and places to eat at, might as well just do it. I mean, that's where you're going to find out everything you need to. Um, with that being said, if you liked our stuff, if you didn't like our stuff, thumbs up, thumbs down, shoot me a comment, tell me how good or bad I'm actually doing. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to keep making videos. This has been a lot of fun. Again, thanks to our sponsors today from uh, the Denver Family Fest Festival. Um, it's on, again, February 22nd. You can save 50% with, uh, what is it, the coupon code again? OCN half, O-C-N-H-A-L-F. Um, the link is in the description below. Click there to take you to our their event event by event bright page. Slow down my words, right? Event bright page where you can then purchase your tickets and 
for the event on February 22nd. Again, thanks again to High Altitude Apparel for this awesome Colorado Rockies shirt. It is spring trainings coming up soon. I love the fact that uh, we have some great stuff coming into this year for the baseball seasons. Football's over. NASCAR's on its way. A lot of good things coming up. Stay tuned to Permission to Game for more exciting, fun topics, fun reviews, and just a little bit of an opinion here and there. Again, have a good rest of the day. Talk to you later.